Lekutus Sichis, Volume 20, the first Sicha on Vayishlach. The title of this article on the Sicha is called Esau's Kiss. On our Parsha's verse, it says, And Esau ran toward him and embraced him, and he fell on his neck and kissed him, and they wept. Rashi comments, 1. And embraced him. His compassion was moved when he saw him prostrate himself all these times. And 2. And kissed him. There are dots over the word. There is a controversy concerning this matter in a Ebrita of Sifri. Some interpret the dots to mean that he did not kiss him wholeheartedly. Rabbi Shimon ben Yechai said, It is a well-known law that Esau hated Jacob, but his compassion was moved at the time and he kissed him wholeheartedly. Questions. Why in the first comment Rashi explains and embraced him only according to the second opinion, his compassion was moved, in tune with he kissed him wholeheartedly, while in the second comment Rashi explains and embraced him according to both opinions. Additionally, Rashi's wording of there is, con- con- there is controversy concerning the matter that unlike Rashi's usual format in which the first explanation he quotes is the one closer to the simple meaning of the verse, here by saying there is a controversy, both opinions are equal the simple meaning of the verse. However, seemingly the opinion of he did not kiss him wholeheartedly is closer to the simple meaning of the verse in the verse having dots, being that dots come to weaken the usual meaning of the word. While according to the opinion he kissed him wholeheartedly, there is no simple meaning of the verse as to why we need the dots to tell us what the word itself is telling us anyway. Hence, why does Rashi feel the need to bring the second opinion at all? And why the equalizing introduction of there is controversy concerning this matter? Lastly, why does Rashi specifically quote the controversy from the Brita of Sifri when this is taught in different sources as well? And why does Rashi tell us the source? Why does Rashi tell us specifically the name of the second opinion? as it is in the Safri. And number three, of what does Rashi, what, of what need does Rashi tell us it is a well-known law that Esau hated Jacob when the outcome for our verse is, but his, his compassion, he kissed him wholeheartedly. Here's a possible partial answer. As explained, the simple meaning of dotted word is to weaken the simple meaning of the word. Thus, we can say that both opinions are coming but to weaken the simple meaning of, and he kissed him. Only that the first opinion is weakening the kissed part of the word, while the second opinion is weakening the, and he kissed him, Esau to Jacob part of the word, meaning that the first opinion is saying that the universal meaning of a kiss, which is always wholeheartedly, was weakened, for this kiss was not wholeheartedly. The second opinion is saying that the dots are weakening the specification of the essence of this verse's kiss, which is a kiss from Esau to Jacob, which is always, quote, it is well-known law that Esau hated Jacob. And hence, always a kiss from Esau to Jacob would be not wholeheartedly. While in this verse, the well-known Esau to Jacob opinion follows the same rule that when all the letters are dotted, that, in other words, that the weakening was the normal relationship between Esau and Jacob.
So therefore, this reason Rashi brings also the second opinion is because according to the first opinion, only the kiss part of the word should have been dotted. And Rashi specifically quoted the words of the Sifri, for only in the wording of, is there, in his wording of the Sifri, does it quote the rule, it is a well-known law that Esau hated Jacob, which is necessary to explain what is being weakened according to the second opinion. Also, Rashi tells us the name of the second opinion, because specifically this sage is the one, I quote you from the Talmud, Rabbi Shimon, who expounds the reason underlying the verse as a basis for drawing halachic conclusions and not only the words. Thus, it makes sense that Rabbi Shimon expounding the weakening, weakening of dots upon the reason of the verse, which is the novelty of Esau kissing Jacob due to the reason that it is well known, the law that Esau hated Jacob, and thus the dots are weakening this reason. However, this answer still leaves us with the unusualness of the dots strengthening the simple meaning of the word that Esau kissed Jacob wholeheartedly instead of weakening it. Additionally, there still remains unanswered as to why, one, why does Rashi specifically tell us that this is a bright of Sifri? Two, why the specification of it is a well-known law? What does it mean law? When all that is important to the understanding of the dots, according to the second opinion, is that the law is well known. And thirdly, in in most of the manuscripts of Sifri, the word is nepurachmov, but his compassion was turned. While Rashi writes shenechmurachmov, but his compassion was stirred, heated up. Answer. Rashi's intention with his commentary is not to explain the dots for numerous times throughout the Torah. We find that Rashi does not explain the dots on a word, which proves that Rashi does not see any difficulty created to the simple meaning of the verse, just as with the different types of full written words or missing letters of a word. Rashi doesn't feel that that is a problem for the student who's just learning the simple meaning. Rather, what is Rashi dealing with? With a question that is aroused within the simple meaning of the word, which is answered by the meaning behind the dots on the word. What's the question? The question is that knowing that we are dealing with Esau, and Esau hated Jacob, and he said, quote, I will then kill my brother Jacob, which is presently, as the verse says, he still, Rashi explains, he still has hatred. And not only that, but we know that Esau is coming with an army of 400 men, how then do we have such a sudden total transformation of love to the point of and Esau ran toward him and embraced him and he fell on his neck and kissed him and they wept? To explain this, Rashi begins with his first comment and embraced him. His compassion was moved when he saw how Jacob prostrated himself before him all those times. And in this, Rashi says that there is no controversy and all agree to this. And the reason for this sudden his compassion was moved was because of when he saw him prostrate himself all these times. So therefore, he goes on and he embraced him. Now here, Rashi says that when it comes to and he kissed him, which is above and beyond, and he embraced him, here Rashi feels that, Quote, when he saw him prostrate himself all these times does not suffice to create such a, and his compassion turned so drastically from one extreme, hatred, kill Jacob, an army of 400 men, to the other extreme, and he kissed him? 
Embracing is one thing, kissing is above and beyond. Thus Rashi needs to turn to the meaning of the dots in order to understand the simple meaning of the verse. For the dots, as always, weaken the word. And therefore we are not speaking of a true kiss, nor of a true love. And it is upon this weakening of the dots that Rashi explains there is a controversy. He did not kiss him wholeheartedly, even though the kiss came about through and he embraced him, his compassion was moved. And in the second opinion, he kissed him wholeheartedly at that time because his, com- his compassion was nichmeru, heated up strongly, but not completely turned. As a furtherance in the evolution of, his compassion was moved when he saw him prostrate himself all those times. And nevertheless, being that this was at the time, this too was not a true kiss. Now, understanding that Rashi is explaining that in the simple meaning of the verse, we cannot say that there was such a drastic, extreme transformation of Asaph's deep hatred, turning into such true love, even according to the second opinion. Hence, Rashi has to tell us, Rabbi Shimon ben Yechai said, it is a well-known law that Esau hated Jacob. For a law never changes, only that. At that time, his compassion was nichmeru, heated up strongly, and he kissed him wholeheartedly, just as we find within the laws that there is the exception of a specific moment. For example, when it says that you're not allowed to bring a sacrifice outside of the holy temple, there, what it says right there, we, we extrapolate that there's an exception, a momentary exception. For example, when Elijah had to do the sacrifice on Mount Carmel. Likewise, we now understand why Rashi, one, states that this is a brighter of Sifri, being that the other sources learn that according to the second opinion, there was a true kiss, while the Sifri is saying that both opinions agree that there was no true kiss, only that they argue in how far the kiss was untrue, whether it was totally untrue, or while this time the kiss was wholeheartedly, but nevertheless remains untrue, being that the unchangeable law is that Esau hated Jacob. The second question answered is, being that even a second opinion agrees, that ultimately the kiss was untrue, hence Rashi changes the Sufri's wording from compassion turned to say that it was only heated up. Three, Rashi emphasizes that this law is taught in the unchangeable legal part of the Sifri, which is the Brita, and not in the homiletic teachings of the Sifri. However, what drives Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai to say that at this time Esau did kiss Jacob wholeheartedly when he himself just stated the unchangeable law? The answer lay in the theme of the follow-up words, of the verse, and he wept. Let what you have remain yours. Let me leave with you some of the people who are with me. Which all this makes it difficult to say that according to the simple meaning of the verse, Esau's kiss at this time was not even wholeheartedly. Hence, Rashi begins by saying that from the perspective of the simple meaning of the verse, there is a controversy in both opinion, in which both opinions are equal. Nevertheless, the sharp student can ask, ultimately, how is it that the very sage who states the unchangeable law, he's the one that teaches that his compassion was strongly heated at that time, and he kissed him wholeheartedly? It seems to be that the people who say the two opinions should be switched. The answer lie within understanding the life of Rab Shimon who lived in the times of Edom, which is Roman, and we are taught in the verse, Esau, that is Edom. 
that means that Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai lived under Edom's, Esau's tyranny rule over Israel. And even more so, Rabbi Shimon himself, who had to hide in a cave for 13 years in order to avoid being put to death by the Romans. Now, nevertheless, we find something interesting. The sages said, who will go and nullify these Roman decrees? Let Rabbi Shimon bar Yechoi go to Rome, as he is accustomed to experiencing miracles. And he was successful in Rome to overturn their hateful decrees. Hence, Rabbi Shimon, the person who lived under the worst tyranny of Edom and was able to nevertheless change their hateful decrees, Therefore, Abshimim was of the opinion that Jacob, who was also accustomed to miracles, was able to bring about that this time Esau's kiss was wholeheartedly. Mystically speaking, we find that even though Rabshim Bar Yochai's service was Torah was his craft, he only did Torah study, nevertheless, it was Rabshim Bar Yochai who would heal the physical world. As the Talmud states that when they emerged from the cave, Rabbi Shimbar Yochai and his son Rabbi Elezer, everywhere that Rabbi Elezer would strike, Rabbi Shimon would heal. That means that Rabbi Eliezer and his holiness couldn't bear to see people working instead of studying Torah, and he would strike it, meaning with his eyes, he would cause it to burst in flames, and Rabbi Shimon would heal it. More than this, the sukkah in the Talmud said, said in the name of Rabbi Shimon by Yechoi, I am able to absolve the entire world from judgment for sins committed from the day I was created until now. Meaning, not that Rabbi Shimba Yechai would change the world to do repentance, but rather with the world being exactly how it is. And nevertheless, Rabbi Shimba Yechai can absolve the entire world, which is even greater than changing the world. In which world as world remains separated from God, and only if the world is willing to go beyond being the world, and instead to do teshuva, can it experience a unity with God. So too it is Rav Shimbayachai is of the opinion that even when Esau is Esau within the unchangeable law of who Esau is, and nevertheless Jacob was able to absolve Esau and Esau as Esau gave Jacob a wholehearted kiss. The lesson, through the entire time of our Edom exile, we must know that one, we cannot rely on the compassion of Gentiles, for it is a well-known law that Esau hated Jacob. And number two, nevertheless, it is within the power of a Jew when he is, and he notifies Esau that he is, quote, I quote you what Jacob said, I lived with the wicked Laban, but I kept the 613 commandments. Then to have an influence upon Esau, even when he is being Esau, that his compassion heated up and he kissed him wholeheartedly. This then leads to the fulfillment of this week's Torah, which is the vision of Obadiah. And what does he say? So said the Lord concerning Edom. Now, Abadiah, the prophet, the Jewish prophet, was an Edomite convert. And this is what the teaching says, that from and within the forest comes the axe to it meaning that the handle of the axe which chops the tree is from the forest itself. So too an Edomite convert is the one that prophesies to Edom. And he says, and saviors, and saviors shall ascend Mount Zion to judge the mountain of Esau, and the Lord shall have the kingdom. Which Jacob, as the aftermath of Esau's kiss, already promised to Esau in Genesis, 
until I come to my master to Seir, which Rashi defines as, so when will Jacob come? In the days of Mashiach, as it is said, and Savior shall ascend Mount Zion to judge the mountain of Esau speedily in our days. Amen.